You listen to 247 World Talk. Once again, this is your host, Julian Perry, with you. And on this episode, I will be discussing the continued movement towards relieving the burden of student loans. I'll be right back. So good evening, one and all. Welcome to the 101st episode of 247 Real Talk Podcast. I know on my last episode, I simply was so involved in the conversation that I failed to mention that it was the 100th episode. And I, so in a, in a uh, delayed manner or, or belated manner, I'd like to thank all of my supporters and listeners for not only bringing me this far, but for keeping me going. I, you know, I never thought when I started this, this, this journey of truth that I would have reached a hundred episodes and, and, and still be going strong. I want to thank all of my supporters. Um, those of you who listen every week, those of you who share the podcast, those of you who give me feedback. I have, uh, one particular, um, supporter and fan of my show and I always mention him or refer to him but on this episode I want to give thanks um, to Mr. Motanya Gladden who is an amazing friend and supporter of the show someone who is um, very strong in his opinions and, and, and creates great debates and brings great focus to the subject matter so thank you so much and thank you to all others and I, you know, there are a lot of other names I can call, so don't feel left out. But um, if you remember Matanya, he was, I think, the third guest, if I'm not uh, mistaken, on, on this on this show. And that was a long time ago, and uh, I hope to have him back pretty soon. As I mentioned to you, uh, I think the last two episodes that I'm working on bringing 247 Real Talk podcast to a TV network. I won't be getting rid of this audio podcast, but you'll also have a TV version where I'll actually be, you know, in front of the camera, which will be a new thing for me. But when I listened to myself when I first started this podcast to now, you know, as we do as human beings, we evolve and we grow. And, and hopefully it'll be a great thing to have a conversation with so many people on TV. So... I will also say I have a guest. I had a guest scheduled for this evening and just got off the phone with her. I'm not going to give her name because um, I don't want to take away, you know, from when I record her episode. But the reason she's not on this episode is because we kind of agreed that she will actually be likely my first or second episode um, when I go to TV. So, um. I thank her for that, and you'll be hearing more about her soon. So this won't be a long episode, but I'm going to jump right into student loans. And I know every time I have an, uh, an episode, no matter the topic, I somehow manage to take it to, to the student loans at some part, point during the conversation or at the end of the conversation. But bottom line is, this is 
one of the big deals that we're, you know, we're dealing with right now that's, that's at home, that's within the United States, you know. We are, we are very distracted by the war in Ukraine, and rightfully so. I mean, what Putin is doing to these Ukrainians and the mass graves and the killings, and I got a few, you know, I saw a few shots on TV with people walking along the street and looking down the bodies that were just laying there bleeding, not, not in uniform, just regular citizens, and you know, it is a travesty. It is, it is, um, genocide. It is, it is, it, it just bothers me that the entire world can't stop this. And I don't, you know, I mean, there's a lot of politics behind this, as we know. And there are things like nuclear power that, that people, that cause people to pause. But I'm hoping at some point something can be done because this can't go on. Anyway, switching over to student loans, you know, I will tell you that I've been writing letters, and today I sent um, a somewhat, not really long, but somewhat lengthy letter to um, our senator and speaker of the um, Senate, Chuck Schumer, the Honorable Chuck Schumer, someone who has been an advocate for many great things in helping uh, minorities and helping New Yorkers and someone who put pressure the last time on President Biden to uh, delay the student loan repayment and someone who I think is strong enough to hold President Biden to his promise, his campaign promise of dealing with student loans and possibly, you know, forgiving large amounts. And bottom line is it needs to be, you know, there's a lot of problems with student loans. And I know that there are many people who have struggled through it. There are many people like myself who have, in a, you know, have been going through it. And there's, you know, um, for those who have paid it off already, you know, they, I can understand their attitude. Well, I had to struggle, so why don't you? But I'll say two things to that. One, I think um, if you, when I'm going to say when when they uh, wipe out all student debt, there should be some incentive, tax wise or tax break, for those people who have gone through the struggle and, and succeed in finishing it. But also. We can't live in a, a life and in a world where we say, because I did it, you have to do it too. That, that's not evolution that human beings go through. You know, things, we make mistakes in the past. We, we make actions in the past and they don't, they don't fit the present or the, or the future. And in, you know, for that reason, we need to change. We need to evolve. So after I finished sending my letter to Senator Schumer today, I was going through my email and I get emails from New York Attorney General and lo and behold, there was a letter that uh, Attorney General Letitia James sent off today. And I'm going to read it to you in its entirety. Um, there are a few links in it. Obviously, I won't go through those, but let me read what I can. And it says, for immediate release, May 4, 2022, Attorney General's press office. Attorney General James calls for a full cancellation of federal student loan debt. In letter, A.G. James and multi-state coalition urged President Biden to cancel all publicly held debts for student borrowers. And then it says New York. New York Attorney General Letitia James led a multi-state coalition of eight attorneys, attorney generals, in urging U.S. President Joe Biden to fully cancel federal student loan debt owed by every federal student loan borrower in the country. 
In a letter to President Biden, Attorney General and the coalition stressed that immediate relief is needed for borrowers struggling with the unimaginable burden of student loan debt. The Attorney General's acknowledged the administration's commitment to addressing the issue. However, the coalition urges President Biden to immediately exercise his act to cancel all fares to loan debt to every borrower. While I commend President Biden for giving serious consideration to forgiving $10,000 per borrower, we must take bolder, more decisive action to end this crisis and provide, provide Americans with the tools they need to thrive, says Attorney General James. Struggling uh, student loan debt keeps millions of struggling borrowers from reaching financial stability and leads to a cycle of financial burdens that follow them throughout their lives. I join my colleagues in urging President Biden to lead one of the most impactful racial and economic justice initiatives in history by canceling this debt in its entirety for all. Currently, student borrowers owe more than $1.7 trillion to federal government. In their letter, the coalition argues that a full cancellation of student debt is necessary to address the sheer enormity of debts owed, systematically flawed repayment and forgiveness systems, and the disproportionate impact of the debt burden on millions of borrowers. While state attorney generals have taken key actions to ease debt burdens wherever possible, the coalition contends that only permanent action by the Biden administration can provide the widespread relief that is needed by millions of federal student loan borrowers. The coalition further argues that the cancellation of federal student loan debts will reduce stress and mental fatigue and provide countless opportunities for borrowers, such as saving for retirement and purchasing new homes. Joining Attorney General James in sending a letter to President Biden are the Attorney Generals of Hawaii, Illinois, Michigan, Minnesota, New Mexico, Puerto Rico, and Washington. The coalition's letter is the latest action Attorney General James has taken to support student loan borrowers. In April 2022, Attorney General James secured student debt relief for thousands of New York borrowers whose federal loans were allegedly misaligned by Pennsylvania Higher Education Assistance Agency. In January 2022, Attorney General James secured a $1.85 billion agreement with one of the nation's largest student loan services, Navient, after it deceived thousands of student loan borrowers in costly long-term forbearance plans causing students to pay more than they should have. In September 2021, Attorney General sent a letter to the U.S. Department of Education urging the agency to take robust action to fix the broken public service loan forgiveness program. July 2020, Attorney General James and the multi-state coalition sued the Trump administration's U.S. Department of Education and former Education Secretary Betsy DeVoe to block the efforts to repeal critical protections for student borrowers who have been misled or defrauded by predatory for-profit schools. Additionally, in June 2020, Attorney James filed a multi-state lawsuit to, drop the, to stop the Department of Education and Secretary DeVoe from repealing the gainful employment rule, which provides critical protections for students considering enrolling in for-profit colleges and vocational schools that promise student gainful employment in recognized occupation after graduation. In January 2019, Attorney General and the New York State Department of Financial Services ordered a $9 million 
agreement with the Ferris Student Loan Service or ACS Education Services, currently known as Conduland Education Services, after the investigation revealed that the company had steered borrowers away from income-based repayment plans towards more expensive options. Additionally, Attorney General James helped negotiate two multi-state agreements with loan companies, Student CU Connect CUSO in June 2019 and Peaks in September 2020 that preyed on ITT Technical Institute students by deceiving them into taking out private student loans. These agreements resulted in $7.5 million in debt relief to nearly 900 New York ITT students. In April 2021, Attorney General James urged the Depart- U.S. Department of Education to cancel federal student loan debt of defrauded ITT Technical Institute students. So there's more in the article in links, etc. But the point is, if you listen to what I just read and looked at all the actions, this has been going on for a while. And the, the noise is getting louder and the fight is getting stronger and people are standing up more and more because they realize that number one, we, you know, you have to understand, you can go take a car loan. You know, they, I mean, these days they give even 84 months, right? Which is seven years, the max, I think. So anywhere from one to seven years, you can take a car loan, but at the end of that, it's done. Many people take a three or four year loan. Student debt is a 30 year loan. So if you are if you are lucky enough to come out of high school and go to college and finish then, then it says that you finish in your 20s and you finish paying the government in your 50s. If you're like me and many others who had to take a break, you know, had to work or whatever and went back a little older, it means that you're going to finish paying your student loans in your 60s or your 70s. It means that when you retire and you, and you, and you have only a pension, that money is coming out. It means that you may not be able to retire because that money is coming out. And for what? How could someone be possibly paying a student loan when they can no longer even work? I mean, this doesn't make sense. And, and, you know, and, and I'll go a little further than the, than the Attorney General of New York and say, you know, when you cancel student loan debt, People still need loans that want to go to college, but you need to restructure it. You need to start over brand new, and you need to put the onus on the college and university. I've said this before. A university that's worthy, that, that gets its money from its donors or whatever, should be able to educate the student for four years, guarantee that when he comes out with a bachelor's, that the university has made certain relationships, has forged certain relationships with companies that offer certain levels of employment that meet the, the criteria for, the, for, for what the universities boast about their educational program. And so when you come out, they, they can send you an interviews and they don't stop until you get you land a job. And the agreement with the companies would be that, you know, the, my degree is worth X amount of money. This is what I charge for it. This is what these, um, these graduates, this is the minimum they should be paid. And so whatever algorithm we work out, people can then come out. They can, they can buy a, a, a modest car. They can put down money and, and they can buy a home, live the American dream, and still have enough to pay off whatever that mortgage is. But when, they, when the university places the student in that, uh, you know, in that advantageous position and proves it to the federal government... Then the federal government releases the 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 student the you know, the monies to the university for that education. At that point, the university is paid 
And now the onus is on the student to pay off the debt, knowing that they have been placed in a, in a position and given every advantage to do so. We also need to look at, you know, what it costs for education and understand why, you know, you have people, universities charging crazy amounts of money and then you can't get a job, you know, to, to, to pay off that kind of money. And, and here's the thing. Yes, there are community colleges and all those sorts of, you know, they're, they're colleges that, that cost less. But the bottom line is, remember, what have you always heard? And I'm going to read another article that someone wrote in Facebook, and I hope I can find the author's name because I really want to give them the credit. But we all grew up hearing the story of, you know, you need to go to school, you need to go to primary school, you need to go to a good high school, and when you're done, you need to go to college, you need to major in something. If you're not sure what you, if you're not sure what you want to do with your life, then at least get a, a general degree, MBA or whatever, or um, uh, BA or whatever. That's an MBA is a master's, a BA or BS, whatever you like. But you must qualify in something. And the bottom line is, we have a lot of people who are paying student loan debt who qualified in something because society and their parents and everything around them pressure to do that and now they're working in some sort of job completely unrelated to what they graduated and what they studied but yet they're paying student loan debt for something that they're probably never ever using again in their life not because they made a foolish mistake but because they followed what we have learned is the path to the American dream. And yes, there are people who have taken different paths who are millionaires, but they're not the multitude, right? And so as I continue this, you know, I'm, I'm going to sort of, I'm going to look here to see if I can find, because my, my good friend, uh, again, Matanya Gladin sent me this. Uh, he also sent me the author and I want to make sure, um, uh, I wish I could find the author's name because I really do want to give them credit. If you'll bear with me here. Um, and I probably can't find it now, but I, I guess I, I will try to, if I do, to put it in the notes in the episode. But I really think it's important to read what they said. So this person on, on Facebook, and again, I apologize profusely for not writing down the author's name, but I, I will try to put it in the notes. This person says, can, can we talk about you wouldn't be drowning in student debt if you'd majored in something useful? I mean, it's crap. Doctors, lawyers, and people with MBAs are drowning in student debt too. But that's not the point I'm making here. When I was in high school in the late 1990s, we were encouraged to go to college and study anything, literally anything. No one cares what you major in. You just need to have a degree. Unless you're going into a specialized field like medicine or law, you don't need a specialized degree. Employers don't care about your major, so studying something you're passionate so study something you're passionate about. This was at the same time we were being told, this was at the same time we were being told to take out student loans. Going to the best university you could get into. Not the best you could afford. The best that would accept you was imperative. 
The cost was an investment in our future. My high school literally sent FAFSA forms home with us. Student debt is good debt. You need to go to a good university or you'll never get anywhere. The degree will pay for itself. When I didn't go to college right after high school, though I already had an associate degree, people criticized me and went all doom and gloom about how I would work nothing but dead-end jobs. I'd never get anywhere, and I needed that degree or else my future was bleak. That continues well in, continued well into my late 20s. Now, student loan debt is crippling entire generations, and people oppose loan forgiveness because if you couldn't afford college, you shouldn't have gone. You should have gone to a state school, community college, or a trade school, and of course, you should have majored in something useful. Y'all are acting like this is their fault, like they should have known better at 17. When every adult was telling them to do exactly what they did to the letter, if we cancel student loan debt, no one is going to take away from it that paying back debts is now optional. We all know debts should be paid. What people shouldn't be is punished well into adulthood for listening to their teachers, parents, and guidance counselors and getting screwed over because of decisions they were encouraged, even pressured, to make at 17. I don't have a penny of student loan debt. This is the author speaking. My husband and I both went to school via the GI Bill. I don't have a dog in this race. But I remember what we were encouraged, indeed pressured, to do as teenagers. And I think it's crap that people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s are unable to move forward in, the, in life because they are weighed down by predatory student loans. I remember how everything my peers did is exactly what we were told to do as kids. And yet somehow people remain convinced that the problem is students choosing to major in useless degrees. Cancel student loan debt yesterday. And so, like I said, I'm going to make every effort to find the uh, author. I, I was given a, a tag to the author, the author, and I think that was an amazing rendition of reality. And I, you know, as I'm speaking with you here, I'm scrolling through my phone, seeing if I can find really quickly the author's name because I really want to give them credit. You know, they really understand the situation. They really see that. And, and it is the truth. You know, we were, as kids growing up, that's what we were told. We live in a different time now. We're not telling our kids that. But we also have to recognize why we're not telling our kids that, okay? We're not telling our kids that because we, the parents, are burdened with student loans. We're not telling our kids that because, you know, it's it, it 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 it's it's the pain, right? And the author, thank you. I'm glad. I'm so glad I found it. So the author is Lori Gallagher Witt. Lori Gallagher Witt, and I want to say a special thank you from Two Four Seven Real Talk podcast to Lori for sharing that story, for sharing her her perspective because that is real. That is, you know. You have to understand, even in this day and age, what do people tell you? 
Do something with your life. Go to school, get a degree, study anything. If you're not sure what you want to get, go in the first two years and try to figure out what you want for the last two years. It is still not common rhetoric for people to, or, or advice for people to tell kids growing up now, don't go to college, don't study in anything because you're going to get burdened with student loans that you can't pay back and no one is going to care and no one's going to help you in this fight and you're going to be alone. You're going to, you're going to, you, by the time you have to pay back your loans for 30 years, you're going to lose out your best years of life paying back a loan. And then when you're done, then people are going to expect you to, to start the American dream. And when they see you, and you haven't accomplished anything, they're going to find fault with you and tell you all that you did wrong. When the fact is the only thing that was wrong about that entire story is that you have to pay back a student loan debt that wasn't worth the paper your, your degree was signed on. Now, it goes a little further and deeper than that because I've mentioned before, too, that there are many countries and islands in the Caribbean that support their citizens all the way through some of them to the bachelor's, some of them to the master's, their education is paid. The only thing they have to do is maintain a certain GPA and above. And because they're islands, because the job market is not limitless, because you know, it doesn't have the scope of the United States, you have smaller countries and islands, many of the, these people leave there and become American residents and then citizens and bring all their expertise here and, and pump it into making this country great. As we know, it's a country built on immigrants and it doesn't cost the United States government a dime. You look at some of the people in all the industries around this country that are money-making industries, somewhere in between there, you're going to find immigrants. And all the expertise they build and they bring and all the, 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 the will and the drive and everything else they bring is just like anyone else except the United States got it for free. And I'm, talk, I'm not talking, if you look over time, I'm not talking about tens of people. I'm not talking about thousands of people. I'm talking about millions of people. And here we are, we have an attorney general. We have eight or nine attorney generals. We have officials. We have governors. We have all these people reaching out to President Biden and saying two things. One, keep your campaign promise. We're tired of elected leaders who get to where we put them and then they change their minds or they, they want to put a twist on it. There is no twist about this. I will say this directly to the White House, to the President of the United States. If in any realm of this of rea of reality, you are considering a second term, understand what's, what this does. Understand that if 43 million, I think that's the number of Americans are punishing on the student loan debt, that's 43 million votes you will not get. I don't care what side of the party, that we, uh, what partisanship we're involved in. I don't care if we're Democrats, I don't care if we're Republicans. One way or the other, you're not going to benefit. It makes no sense to me to, to worry about other issues of life when I can't live. It makes no sense when I have to sell my house and move into an apartment and stuff my family of five or six or seven into a one-bedroom or two-bedroom apartment filled with misery. The only misery is because you can't even spread your arms out or you're going to touch the two walls that are beside you, all because this federal government has no kind of compassion for the 
people, for the citizens of the United States of America. But you can turn around and ask Congress for $33 billion to send to Ukraine. I have every bit of empathy for Ukraine. What they're going through, I can't even imagine. I've, I've, I've spoken about parents putting their kids on trains to Poland not knowing if they ever see them again just to send them to safety. I have children. I can't imagine the pain that they go through. I understand compassion, but charity begins at home and we are not going to let this president off the hook because he decides that he wants to play games in his mind when he knows that his own people that put him there, the people that he claims to have compassion for, they are hurting. They are worried. They are stressed. Stress kills. They don't know how they're going to feed or clothe their children. Because you know what happens when you don't pay a student loan debt, right? That's federal. So you, 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 they come after you. you. Your check gets garnished. And, and what you left, the balance is not enough to do anything with your life. So then what do you do? Maybe you you, you find someone to keep your kids and you start working two jobs. And before you realize it, you wake up one day and realize you don't know your child because someone else has been raising your children because all you've been trying to do is survive. You go from job to job like a zombie. I've worked jobs 12 hours a day. I've worked jobs from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. I've done even worse than that. I worked from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. and then from 9 p.m. to... I think it was 5 a.m. or, or you know, something, something ridiculous. And then one job was across the street from the other. So I got three hours sleep a night. I got sleep somewhere between six and nine. I can't remember the exact times. I have to think back about it. But I've done that kind of regiment. All in the name of survival. I'm no longer a 24-year-old kid, a 22-year-old kid. And I, all I can see in my future still is student loans. And then you got these ridiculous income repayment plans that look at your income and say, okay, since you're making uh, $100,000 a year, let's use, uh, uh, let's, you know, let's choose a number, $100,000 hypothetical number that you can afford to pay X amount of dollars back. How do you know that from my $100,000? You're telling me that you're still affording me the American dream. So what about considering my mortgage? What about considering the fact, I'm not talking about my real mortgage, not, not oh, well, you know what, we're going we're gonna to consider uh, up to $2,000 or up to $1,000. That does nothing. Because don't assume that if a person has a higher mortgage that they wanted a bigger house. It depends on when they bought and it depends on the size of their family, that what they had to get that made sense. So you need to consider, if you want to consider true income-based repayment, consider someone's mortgage then consider someone's have them submit electricity bills so you can see what they're paying in electricity have them submit gas bills to understand what they gas bill every month i'm not asking you to consider their credit cards that's personal debt when i say personal you, you know that's 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 of a different in a different category People need to have transportation. Not every single person around the planet can jump on a bus and a train because depending on where you live, buses and trains are few and far apart. So the fact of the matter is you need to put a transportation allowance in there. The problem is, is if the federal government looks at your life for real and figures out what your expenses are, what you, what you can afford to pay back will be so small that it would take you 200 years to pay them back. So you know what? They're going to punish you. They're going to get you. It's like 
Open your left hand. Let me give you $100,000 to become the, to whatever it is you want to do. You want to be. And then in that process, the same federal government that's running the country talks about inflation and depression and recession and all these things. And you come out and you get a job for $45,000 a year. And then they give you X amount, six months, and then they stick the other hand out and they say, give me back my money. And you say, wait a minute, I, I, I can't afford it right now. Ah, okay, we got these things called deferments and forbearance. And well, you can pay the interest, but I'm telling you, I can't afford it right now. Okay, then the interest will just accrue. I mean, you're paying taxes. You're working in this country. And this country is taxing you how many times over? Let's, let's take a dollar bill. I think I went through this exercise before. Let's take a one dollar bill. Let's suppose that you, you go to work and you get paid one dollar. And this one dollar you go and you, you put it in the bank. I mean, I'm being very simple here, but understand where I'm going, coming from. And this one dollar in, in this perfect circumstance happens to earn interest. That interest is taxed. And then you take out this dollar, you take out 50 cents, and you go to the store because you want to buy something. And that item you buy, except for a few exceptions, is taxed. And then, you, you know, whatever you trans, other transactions you want to do with this money, most of them are taxed. And then at the end of the year, the federal government makes you file taxes that have to work through their algorithm. And then they say, hey, you know what? I gave you that dollar, but I gave you too, a little too much. You need to give me back 10 cents. I mean, it is the most ridiculous system that we have been in. And we continue to, the, the problem here is we continue to live with it. And we are so preoccupied with survival. And that's exactly what they want. They want us so preoccupied with survival that we, we, we feel that we don't have the energy, the time, or the ability to unite for a cause. We feel that the sacrifice is too much because even if, you know, if we don't reap the benefits, then, it, then, then it's not worth it. But I got news for you. If we don't reap the benefits, we need to make sure our children re reap the benefits. And we can reap the benefits if we stand united because there's no government that's more powerful than its people. The day people get to the point where they allow a government so, to be so much more powerful than them is the day we become in places like Russia. We live in the United States of America. We call it a democracy. Then our voices need to be heard and our, our leaders need to hear our voices. I will continue to write letters. I will continue to speak out in every single forum I can. I will continue to ask you, my audience, to keep sharing this podcast. Even if you, you when, I, when it comes out on a Friday morning, you, you know, some of you get the notification, your app, some of you are on a, on, a, on a text or list or whatever. But the point is, when you know about the, the podcast is out, if you don't have the time to listen to it, still share it. This is about real talk. This is about getting things done. This is about making a difference. This is about changing our lives, not only for our children, but for ourselves. It is not too late. And if I can be dedicated to it, many of you out there know exactly what I'm saying. Many of you out there 
can't really absorb what I'm saying because you're too busy trying to pay back student loans. Don't realize how burnt you're being by this whole process. Don't realize that what kind of relief you would feel if the federal government stood up to responsibility because you never had a chance to. 30 years is a long time. We all want to part of the American dream. We want to own a home. We want to drive a decent car. We want to be able to go on a vacation once in a while. You don't have to, you know, some of us want to see the whole world. We can't, but at least let's go somewhere. Let's sit some. We want to be able to get together with our family and go to dinner sometimes. All those simple things and those that, that we take for granted get snatched away from you when this when the Ferris student loan becomes as as as, as becomes even more weighty, even heavier than your mortgage. And you manage to pay your mortgage, but you don't pay the student, the student loan. Eventually, through garnishment or whatever, paying your mortgage is not going to matter because you're going to lose your house. Then there was another practice I saw today in the news, too, that Governor Hochul, the governor of New York, uh, signed a law that stopped colleges and universities from withholding transcripts. And that's another thing they were doing. You know when you go for a job, I mean, understand the ignorance of this. This was I was so angry, the fact that you know, I didn't even realize the colleges and universities were doing this. But, you know, someone graduates. They're looking for a job. They're getting, you know, these little dead-end jobs or whatever, and they're trying. They're paying their rent. They may not have any kind of transportation. They're running back on the subway late at night, working jobs, putting their lives at risk, you know, maybe in a neighborhood that they'd rather not be in. But the point is they're, 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 they're scrimping and they're, they're, they're saving and they're managing to eat something and, and, and feed their families and keep their lights on or whatever. And so they can't pay back these student loans. And now the the when the, when the college, you know, especially for private student loans too, when the when the college university says, oh, well, you know, you 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 haven't paid us, and the person says, well, you know, I got an opportunity to get a job, but they need my transcript, or I need to go on to doing something bigger and better, whatever the need is for the transcript. The point I'm making is, before college university would withhold your transcripts if you owed them money. So if you had an opportunity to use a transcript to get something better and to do something better in your life to ultimately make more money that will put you in a better position to pay back your student loans, the universities and colleges were saying, no, we're not giving you a transcript because you owe us money. How can you win in a system like this? How can you even survive in a system like this? So, so Governor Hochul apparently signed a law that says, you guys are not going to do that anymore. But there's a message there. If you listen to what I just just said, you will say, well, you know, that, that, that's really good because, you know, the students need their transcripts to, to do something better and ultimately get to a place where they're earning more and pay, can pay off their student loans. Wonderful. But the message is bigger. The message is piece by piece, we're tearing away at federal student loans. Piece by piece, we're breaking down the mountain that is student loans. Piece by piece, we're attacking the system that's unfair to its own people. That law that Governor Hochul signed, that letter that Attorney General Letitia James sent to President Biden, that letter I sent, or of, of, of several I sent to, to different people, including Chuck Schumer, they're all part of a quilt, or I should say they're all strands of a rope. 
that I will continue to be a part of to make so strong that we're going to wrap it around the neck of Federal Stewart Loans, that we're going to pull, tug it off its perch, and we're going to bury it. Why? Because lives are important and more important than the greed and the ultimate dollar. Everyone I speak to, from students to parents to pastors, all believe the student loans is one of the worst things that has happened. Spoken to parents who, are, who made the obligation to pay their, student, their children's student loans and their pensioners now, and they're still paying student loans. They can't even enjoy their retirement. You know, we live in a system where we, we fight hard and we work hard, and the whole intention is to retire on time. So whatever time we have left on this earth that God gives us, we can enjoy it. Enjoy it being us, doing the things we, we want to do, not having to get wake up and go to work every day, maybe travel a bit, maybe, maybe do a, a, a fun business, or maybe learn a, an instrument, do something, enjoy the years you have left in this earth. And you know what you're doing? Instead of doing that, you're restricting yourself just like you did when you were working because you got these 30 years of student loans to pay off that are never ending and that are interest reaping and that are reaping the, the, the snatching the, the, the life out of you. And we have a president who says, well, now, I'm, I'm no longer thinking about forgiving $50,000. I'm thinking of some other things. Stop thinking. Because you're not feeling the pain. If you care about Americans like you say you do, then relieve the pain. Yes, you can have the people who are against you. You can say, well, I paid my student loans. And you have people who are part. And understand this. There are a lot of people in our government who are attached to universities and colleges that are money-making machines. They don't want to see federal student loans go away. Just like you have many companies that don't want to see war end. Because that's their cash cow. To heck with the rest of the millions and millions of American people. As long as they can line their pockets. As long as they can get in their private jet and go to their private yacht. And look down and say, look at how the little people live. The little people whose backs, or on whose backs, they are making millions. How can you go to Congress and ask for $33 billion on top of what you've already given Ukraine without considering student loans and forgiveness and cancellation of student loans of your own people? Mr. President, members of Congress, charity begins at home. It's time we the people stand together and call out every elected official who does what they want to do when we put them there to do for us in our best interests. This is real talk. This is not here for, for entertainment. Although, I mean, if you're entertained by it, you know, I'm happy for you. But you know what I mean. We are in a time where we have to make a difference so that our children benefit from what we have done. I often say that making a difference, that standing up for each other, that doing the right thing should automatically be the 
price that we pay for occupying a space on this earth. I need you all out there to join me. It won't take you about five or ten minutes, even if you're not the best writer. Write a couple of lines. President Biden, members of Congress, Senator Schumer, cancel student loan debt now. We the people who elected you to govern us and to govern this country as for our benefit and for our well-being. We demand it. Not just because we want to be rude or we think we're powerful, but because our, our, our lives depend on it. We don't get the opportunity to live like you do with your lavish jets and your planes and all these wonderful perks that you enjoy. All we want as citizens of the United States of America is to be proud of our nation and have a fair chance at a decent life. This is what God wanted. So he said, so it shall be done. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Your will, not ours, be done. for spending this time with me thank you so much for being a part of this movement thank you so much for being one link in a chain that makes a difference I am honored and humbled by your willingness to allow me to do this to continue to do this for me for you and for all of us who strive to be better for ourselves and for others Remember that you can listen to this episode and any and every episode of the 247 Real Talk Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Please send me an email. Let me know your thoughts. Let's join hands, join thoughts, join minds and do this together. Starting with student loans and moving on to all other issues that affect our daily lives. Let's do this together. Email me at podcast at 247realtalk.net. That's podcast at 247realtalk.net. Until the next time, please take care of yourselves and each other.